Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Build Value by Choice. My name is Nana Bonsu. I'm your host for this show. Today I have with me our guest, Jane McQuillan. Jane is the president and CEO of Journey Consulting, and she is also a CPA, a certified professional accountant, a certified exit planning advisor. She is. Um, she has an MBA, and she also was instrumental in uh, establishing the Northeast chapter for the Exit Planning Institute uh, over in Wisconsin, where she's from. Welcome to the show, Jane. Thanks so much for having me, Nana. I'm just excited to be here. Great, great. So today's episode's um, topic is going to focus on financial acumen, how business owners can enhance their financial acumen and by so doing, increasing the value of their business. Because it's, it's a topic that seems to be, um, it's, it's, it's an issue that you found certainly in your work uh, with business owners as an issue, as just a challenge where a lot of times business owners are not as, they don't have the grasp or the financials in your business as much as they need to typically is delegated to maybe a chief financial officer or somebody handling uh, the numbers. So um, I wanted to just kind of ask you just what, what drove your, um, your observation and, um, and what are the, some of the first skill sets that business owners need to have when it comes to financial acumen? Yeah, in, in meeting, and we work with a lot of businesses um, in mo- a variety of industries. And, and what we've learned through working with those business owners is that they didn't start their business because they were financial experts, right? They started it for a passion for something, whatever it was, could be a product, a service. And so they've delegated a lot of the financial work to others in their organization, but they really don't have a pulse as to what's driving profits what's driving cash flow, and they really lose sight of that as a business owner. And specifically with businesses that are growing dramatically, that's a real problem because they can run out of cash very quickly without understanding those components. And so some of the key things that they need to understand is really just management of cash flow, uh, understanding their billing cycles. When are they billing co- clients? When are they building their billing their customers? How quickly are they collecting that cash? And uh, conversely, how quickly are they paying their bills? Um, and, and managing that piece of it. And then the other piece is if they have inventory, assuming they're a manufacturer of some sort, how are they managing their inventory and inventory purchases? Because if they're funding their customers and if they're funding their suppliers, that working capital or the cash flow that they need to run their business goes up exponentially. And that's usually what we find is that most business owners equate profitability with cash flow. And they're very different. They're very different pieces. They're very different pieces. How are they different? And what is the consequence of that uh, mix up? Yeah. So profits um, will include uh, include everything, but primarily debt service and or, like I said, collections and that type of thing. So uh, EBITDA or earnings before interest taxes, depreciation and amortization is usually something that business owners don't understand, but can replicate to some level uh, cash flow. So we do start educating business owners on understanding how if you take your net income on your income statement and add back the non-cash or the financing vehicles, such as depreciation, amortization, taxes, and interest on your debt, you can get to a relative cash flow uh, component or cash flow basis for your business. But the big thing that's not included in there is their debt. 
and the debt payments associated with that. And understanding that the debt or principal payments on your live or on your notes are not flowing through your income statement. So if you make $100,000 of profit on the bottom line, but you've got $60,000 of debt to cover every month, your net cash flow is that $100,000 of profit less that $60,000 of debt payments. And most business owners do not understand that concept. In fact, most of them get very frustrated because they say, well, we're making money, we're profitable, we're making money, but they're not understanding the impacts of the balance sheet component and or their debt structure on that profitability. Now, what, what, um, because a lot of times, um, a lot of folks see that they don't want to deal with math. Yep. Yep. Or, um, or it's just maybe not an area of strength. But mm-hmm. he has some reports. You know, there's a way to visualize dashboard reports that can make it real simple. Uh, and for instance, I know, um, the lady that wrote Unscramble Your Numbers, um, uh, that book, uh, Unscramble Your Numbers, she recommends looking at certain things, certain, you know, stagger out certain reports. So for instance, every week you need to look at your accounts receivable and your accounts payable and accounts agent report. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe every month you look at your balance sheet or you know something like that, right? And every yep. quarter, something. You know, how does that, you know, how will that help? Because um, maybe, you know, folks need to look at it because there's a whole bunch of different financial reports. And yep. in order not to overwhelm these business owners who also have to look at so many other things, what are some of the, number one is every week or every month, so the, the things yep. that they need to look at every week, what did they look at every month? What specifically can they quickly kind of zone in on and, and look at just, just so they get a grasp of what's going on with the numbers? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely on a weekly basis, they should be looking at their accounts receivable, uh, aging to see if they're collecting on time or not collecting on time. That's going to be a good indicator of the, to them as far as whether cash gonna, is going to be tight or not. In addition, looking at their accounts payable, more from the standpoint of are they paying within terms or are they paying early? What we find with some business owners is they want to pay all of their suppliers quickly. So they end up paying even in advance of terms. And so they're chewing up cash that they shouldn't be chewing up. So those are two critical pieces on a weekly basis. On a monthly basis, one of the most important reports, and I would say most business owners or most businesses don't generate, is the cash flow statement because it ties the balance sheet and income statement together so well and really helps them understand where is their money being spent during the month and takes into consideration that example I said before of debt payments or whether or not receivables are growing at a rapid rate and they're not collecting cash quickly. So on a monthly basis, it gives them a really good snapshot of how how they're running their business overall and the financial health of the business. Um, And that's one of the statements um, in the financial acumen training that we've been putting on with our business owners is to focus and really understand that statement because it's one statement, but it ties together their balance sheet and income statement quickly and gives them a really good snapshot of where they're spending their money and where they're making their money. Right. Within, the, within the business. And so if they don't have, you know, because you did mention that not everybody generates a cash flow report. So that mm-hmm. may be an action item, which is that, um, and these days with cloud accounting systems and whatnot, you know, they should be able to get a, cl- right. a cloud accounting system that can generate that for them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, in fact, most of the, a lot of clients, smaller clients, um, and even some larger clients use QuickBooks. QuickBooks itself will generate a cash flow statement. It, it won't be like, I'll call it 100% accurate in terms of buckets, but it definitely will give them a sense of where that business is at. And then, and then they can look at that and how do they, you know, also tie in, like, for instance, because um, 
if I am an audit and I'm coming in, I'm probably also going to be asking for the actual bank balances, right? So yeah. what are some of the things that they can do, which is in order for the business owner to make sure, because they want to do their own due diligence before an external person comes to take a look at their books, yep. right? Yep. So how do they tie in their bank balance, right? The mm-hmm. company's back, back, uh, bank balance report with your cash flow report and maybe some invoices. Yeah, they're not going to. Yeah, so so the yeah so the 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 cash flow statement will tie to their balance sheet. So whatever the ending cash is will tie to their balance sheet. But to your point, in terms of the bank account statement, obviously there's going to be timing differences. So they need to do a bank reconciliation. And I, I see a lot of companies and a lot of accountants within those smaller companies where they're reconciling cash every day to the bank account. Uh, based on what cleared the account, what's still outstanding. Uh, but for the most part, if they have a bank uh, reconciliation done monthly, which they should do anyway, um, that's what will tie to their um, their uh, cash on their balance sheet. But the cash flow statement itself will will not tie directly to the, the bank statement because it doesn't take into consideration any float time of checks clearing the bank or deposits not having been posted yet. Right. So if, so if, if I'm to summarize... Essentially, number one is uh, you need to, there are certain reports that you absolutely need to look at. You know, you talk about the accounts, the receivable aging, oh. accounts payable reports on a weekly basis, cash flow report on a monthly basis. Yep. Uh, you talk about what they need to look at. If they don't understand what you're looking at, like certain terms, like EBITDA and those things, that's where they need to get educated. They need to enroll in certain training like yours. And yeah, exactly. And, and, and one of the biggest things I think for business owners is they don't need to become accountants. That's not the intent of the business owners to become the accountant, but they do need to understand what are the key drivers to their business in terms of both profitability, uh, but also cash flow. Uh, because um, at the end of the day, if they don't have cash, and I've seen businesses in the past where they've been extremely profitable businesses, but they uh, were on the brink of going out of business because they ran out of cash in the process. So the business owners need to be at least educated at that high level to understand what those drivers are and what are the critical things that could could really take them out of business. Yeah, because as a matter of fact, uh, you know, that was one of the main issues that came out of the 2008 financial crisis, the global right. financial crisis, right? A lot of profitable companies went out of business because they just you know, didn't have cash. They were profitable, right. but there was no cash. Right. Um, so, um, in terms of cash and the cash flow, mm-hmm. there are two main levers, right? That business owners or businesses, you know, in general, tend to have. One is they can accelerate because you were talking about how sometimes businesses pay their debts, you know, or APs um, accounts payable too fast. Right. So the question is, how do they slow down mm-hmm. um, their cash going out? Yep. Uh, let the cash work for them as long as possible. And also, how do they shorten the cash, accelerate yep. the cash coming in? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of clients, and um, I, I've been proposing one, either negotiate terms, right? So if you don't ask for it, you don't get it, right? Either on the side of, of paying your suppliers in a longer terms uh, or collecting receivables. Um, you need to train on both sides. So as far as slowing down payments, um, like I said, a lot of times business owners will pay 
early. If they've got cash in their account, they'll pay early. And there's really no advantage to them doing that. It's They're using up cash. And if something were to happen or slow things down within their business, they'd be stuck and they, and they would not have the cash available. The other is to just negotiate longer terms. I mean, that's kind of the way of the world right now, right? Let's negotiate, you know, not 30 days, 45, 60, 90, 120 days, right? Uh, the, the large corporations are doing it to the smaller ones every day. So part of it is just making sure to slow it down, but also maintain positive relationships with those suppliers. The intent is not to, you know, not pay your suppliers timely and, and damage those relationships. On the flip side, from a collection standpoint, on the accounts receivable side, it really is a, a couple different things. One, how often are you billing? You know, some people are billing once a month. Well, what if you build twice a month or weekly or as soon as it ships, right? There's a lot of different ways to, to speed it up just based on when you're invoicing. The other is prepayments or down payments. I see it a lot, obviously, with um, service industries or even in the construction market of requesting down payments on projects. So now you're funding it on the front end, paying for materials, paying for whatever services. So essentially, they're, they're prepaying for the service being provided. Those are just a couple of ways that can really speed up that cycle and, and have a significant impact on your cash flow. Yeah, I mean, there's this book, uh, Built to Sell. Um, yeah. And uh, this, the protagonist, Alex Rojo. And uh, one of the things, one of the issues that he, you know, they ran into was they were, they were having a report, their projects, but they were building the, at the end of the project. So they, their cash was used to actually buy materials. And therefore, he was, he was um, getting killed on the cash flow side. So. Yeah, yeah. The progress billings, construction, obviously, it's very typical in, right. in construction to have that. But like I said, down payments are becoming more uh, of the ordinary. Or again, just progress billings in general for services where people will bill at the month, for at the first of the month, I'm sorry, for the month of service being provided. So they're essentially pre-billing um, right. for the work to be provided. And that makes a huge difference, again, in terms of managing their cash flow and not having to dig into their own lines of credit or other other vehicles. Yes. Um, yeah, that's that's great. So so let's talk about assets. Yeah, because I, you know, I was I was I was I mentioned the book that uh, seen the big picture uh, by Kevin Cope. I don't know if I mentioned it yet, but you know, he talks about five things that uh, business owners need to know. But three of them were like financial related. So cash, we already talked about cash and we talk about profits. Now, mm -hmm. assets. One of the things that a lot of time these days in particular, because you know, you know, gone in the industrial age, it used to be a lot more physical assets. Right. Like, but these days it's a lot of you know non-physical, intangible assets. How do business owners get a handle on the type of intangible assets they have so they can get them, you know, you know, valued and evaluated um, to make sure that they have a valuable business? Because a lot of times, a lot of businesses actually, the intangible business tend to, you know, uh, value more than the actual physical assets that they have. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of valuations of intangibles, typically the only time you're going to get a true, I'll call it valuation of an intangible asset is going to be some form of intellectual property. You've developed a certain process system, et cetera, that can be valued. However, and from a valuation standpoint, there are a lot of things that can't be, I'll call it physically valued as a, as an appraisal or that type of thing. And that comes down to, you know, recurring revenue streams, for example, within a business. Those are significantly valuable because they're predictable, they're reliable, they're repeatable, right? The management team and the human capital within your business is hugely valuable when it comes to evaluation. Um, the, the actual systems, processes, and financial reporting, obviously, we've talked about financials and the importance of financials just from a business acumen standpoint. 
But it's really important from a buyer's standpoint and from a valuation standpoint. Do you understand the financials? Are they clean financials? Meaning you're not running a lot of, I'll call it personal expenses through there, or um, you're not uh, getting um, timely financial reporting, or you're not tracking metrics. Those are really critical, as well as very documented, systemized processes, right? When it comes to a business um, or a potential buyer coming in to acquire a business, they look very heavily at your systems and processes in terms of, are they documented? Are they trainable? Are they repeatable? And those are some of the intangibles that really play into the overall value of the business. Not to mention one of the big things in this market is just your overall people and culture, right? It's hard to find people. It's hard to recruit them. It's hard to retain them. You definitely can't, you know, like I said, uh, go find them very easily these days. And so those are all intangibles that when it comes to looking at the value, you may not be able to quantify them on your balance sheet. But you definitely can qualify or quantify them when it comes to the multiple that you can get on the value of your business. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so one of the things that you mentioned is uh, owners running their personal expenses through the business yeah. for tax a lot of times for tax savings mm-hmm. purposes, and yep. how that actually brings down the value of their business. How do owners, um, you know, you know, get yep. around the fact that you know they're trying to save on the taxes side, right? But on the other hand, um, you know, we are recommended they don't do that. Um, right. So uh, what, is, what is the uh, demystification that, you know, that they need to know to say, okay, it's better to pay their taxes, yeah. uh, take the hit on the tax side versus on your value side? Yeah. So, you know, just as an example, if you're, if you're running um, a lot of personal expenses through kind of back to my $100,000 profit example, right? And you reduce that down because you can run another 40,000 of expenses through that business. Well, now you've only got taxable income of $60,000, which is great uh, in the interim. But now let's assume that the the buyer's coming in and they're using that same $60,000 when they're trying to evaluate the purchase price of that business. They're not gonna use the 100,000, right? Which Mm -hmm. was pre those personal expenses. So even if you use a, a multiple, let's say of four, well, a multiple of four on 60 is $240,000, right? A multiple of four on 100,000 is $400,000. So the little bit of tax savings they had on that $40,000 of personal expenses is costing them way more in the value of their business than if they would have not ran through those personal expenses. So one of the big things that we tell business owners if they've been doing a lot of that is, you know, the le- the next, you know, if you're looking to sell in the next two to three years, clean up your statements. Don't run the personal stuff through there. Um, make sure that it is really true to what a buyer would be buying, and you will get paid for that in evaluation. It's worth more to you than than the reduction in taxes that you're taking on those couple of years. Um, one of the things that you just mentioned is multiple. And that's part of, you mm-hmm. know, if we want to get people, um, yeah. not everybody may be familiar with the, this term yeah. you know, multiple. What is it about about multiple that, you know, increasing their, you know, uh, that makes it relevant to the increase of their financial acumen? What exactly is it and why is it so important? Yeah, so a value, or I'm sorry, multiple is a, is a I'll call it a standard um, valuation methodology that is typically applied to, the EBITDA earnings before interest taxes, depreciation and amortization. And using the EBITDA as that baseline really normalizes comparison between businesses. And the multiple comes into play in terms of a couple of things that business owners can control and a couple of things that they can't. One is 
just the overall private equity markets help to drive multiples. And a multiple is again, applied um, to the EBITDA in most situations. But in this market in which it has been for the last probably seven, eight years, uh, it's been a very strong market for sellers. And there's a lot of cash in the market. And so that helps drive up from an equity market standpoint, the multiple in that business. What else drives that, that the business owner can control is some of the things that we talked about in terms of recurring revenue streams, clean financials, processes and systems, their management team, the lack of dependency on a business owner. So there's a lot of intangibles that can move you from a low multiple, let's say a two or a three, up to a five, six or seven, or much more than that. Industries that you're in obviously drive some of that. But what you can do as a business owner to drive that up is everything that we've kind of been talking about is managing your business well, managing it such that you can run it without you, uh, which is a big part of that, but also making sure that you're constantly focused on improving the overall performance of the business, which comes back to, again, the financials and the metrics and the overall profitability and growth piece of that. Yeah. So speaking of metrics, so one of the first questions somebody asked the business owners, what's your margin? Right. Yeah. So, and so the the other thing, what's your EBITDA? And a lot of times, you know, like you said, a lot of folks just don't talk about EBITDA a lot, but that's the most yeah. important kind of thing, or, or at least that's for the market value. Right. Yep. Exactly. Um, so, what are some of the you know, things that every business owner needs to know, like, and at the back of your hand, like they need to know, like, you know, if they they got you know woken up from their sleep, what's your margin? What's your EBITDA? You know, what what are some of the things that they need to know, like you know, like second nature. Yeah, those are definitely two of them, obviously. Right. Understanding your gross margin and knowing how that's tracking. Um, so so trends, I always say metrics in ge- as a general statement, you've got to have metrics that are compared to something, right? Metrics in isolation don't mean anything. Typically, metrics or trends in metrics are really what are significant. But understanding your gross profit margin is critical. Understanding your net profit is also very pr- uh, critical, but also understanding your EBITDA and what that EBITDA looks like typically on a trailing 12 months, meaning at any point in time, what did the last 12 months total EBITDA look like? Because how that is trending is also from a valuation standpoint, really critical because when buyers are looking at a business, the most relevant time frame for them is their last 12 months. And so that last 12 months, if you're seeing a significant growth or at least a trend of a growing EBITDA, that's very positive from evaluation. Obviously, everybody went through uh, 2020 and the pandemic. And, you know, fortunately, because everybody experienced that, most businesses have rebounded from that. And it's not even being considered, right, as far as that downturn. But understanding a couple of those critical things are, are, are very important. Um, and I would also say, just from a revenue growth standpoint, one of the things that most business owners don't track or don't understand well is what, you know, especially if they've got multiple products and services, is understanding kind of their mix of product and services. Now, they don't need to know it off the back of their hand necessarily, mm-hmm. but it's a metric they should be tracking because from a growth standpoint, if I'm a buyer, again, looking to buy the business, I want to understand what's making money, what's not making money, and what's going to drive the potential for growth down the road. And I think um, digging into some of that and understanding um, um what are those key drivers or what are those key products or services that are really the most profitable for your business is a really critical piece for most business owners just to get a handle on. 
Right. And then if you know the ones that are the twenty percent that are not, you know, profitable or don't have the right margins, maybe they need to be deprecated or phased out. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would say that's an area that most don't understand. And part of that comes back to some of their accounting records and, and bookkeeping. Right. Uh, how long does it take for business owners who don't have you know, deep financial acumen to get to the, to the level that you recommend they get to? You know, not, it doesn't take terribly long. I, I think it's always a work in process, right? Because they continue to evolve with that. Um, I, I would say, I mean, we put on um, one one course, for example, that was like three, it was a total of nine hours over like three sessions. And they got some pretty strong financial acumen through that, uh, understanding what are all the different financial statements, understanding key metrics, understanding cash flow, and even understanding some basics around budgeting and forecasting. Um, it's an evolution, but now they've taken those key concepts and now can start applying it. And I always tell business owners, they don't, again, don't need to be the accountants, but they need to know enough to ask a question and need to know that there's a question to be asked, right? Right. And that's really the level of financial acumen we want to get these business owners to. And if they want to dig deeper, that's great, but that's really the level they need to be at um, because they need to understand their businesses enough to know that something's not right. Yeah, because a lot of business owners, uh, I, I saw some studies somewhere where about up to 75% of owners tend to look at their profit and loss statement or the income yeah. statement. Yeah. But then as many look at their cash flow and their cash flow statement and their balance sheet. Um, do you know, I mean, maybe the part of it has to do with it. They may not exactly know how to read a cash flow statement. Uh, and so... Where would you um, where would you um, recommend they go to? What are some websites or you know some training? I know you offer some training and and you're gonna give the information for that. But are they what are some of the resources, uh, including your training, that they, they can um, look to 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 get themselves started? If they, yeah, I, honestly, I, I think some of the the best training is just spending a little bit of time with their own internal accounting staff of really just understanding what that accountant is putting together, having them walk through their statements with them, explain them. Uh, I mean, they're really their best source of education because it's very specific to their business. And I think most business owners see that as, yeah, they're taking care of it, but you know, the accounting's done, it's finished, but they really need to engage their financial person, whoever that is, more deeply to have them educate them and, and spend time educating them and making sure that the business owner is taking the time monthly, weekly, whatever the frequency is to really dig into what's happening in the business and understanding that. I I honestly think that's the best education they can have Um, online from a standpoint. I mean, there's, there's some online, I'll call it, you know, training. I don't don't know off the top of my head specific ones, but it's hard because it doesn't apply it to their specific business. right? Right. And that's always a challenge for business owners. It's like, well, that doesn't relate to me or that's not that's not what I do. And that's one of the things that we try to do in our training is that they use their own, their own financials, their own information, work within that because that's going to be the most valuable to them. Right. So, I mean, it, it, I just, cause we've, we've talked in a, about a lot of different things. So I want yeah. to make sure that, so in order for business owners to increase their, their, uh, I'm trying to summarize and, and, you know, for them to increase their financial acumen, they need to, um, sit with your accountant, uh, the accounting department, or whoever's handling their books, and ask questions. They need, they need to know what questions to ask. In order for them mm-hmm. to know what questions to ask, they need to take some kind of training like, like what you offer. The other thing is there are certain reports that they need to look at. They need to look yep. at 
accounts receivable, accounts receivable agent, accounts uh, payable reports on a weekly basis, your cash flow report on a monthly basis, uh, and uh, make sure that is accurate. They need to clean up their statements, uh, their, their finances, uh, i.e., now run their personal expenses through their business yeah. because that lowers the value of, the, of their business. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way it does, it does lower the value is because even though the taxable income is reduced, that's what an acquirer is going to be looking at. They're not going to be looking at the 100000 example that you give, but they're going to be looking at, say, the 60000 yes. um, taxable income as the value to start from, to use as a multiple. Uh, business owners need to know their gross profit margin. They need to know their EBITDA. Uh, up front, uh, we talked about you know their financial statements, the income statement, the uh, balance sheet, the cash flow report. They need to know their you know their their budgets, you know their break even, uh, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, and then of course there were other non financial type of things that have that flows into that are like leading indicators for finances, i.e. the management team yep. uh, having. Uh, Recurring revenue, well, that's that's finance, but the business model that generates a rec- you know, recurring revenue, yep. um, uh, you know, what's uh, what, what's the other thing? Some of the it, processes, some of their the documentation, processes. yeah, processes yep. and systems. Having really good systems and processes are critical, right. and then just the overall people and culture and, and uh, retention, right? Um, you know, right. from a value standpoint, people are extremely valuable, and I think back to the whole business valuation in the marketplace. I mean. Businesses are being acquired for the resources and the people because they can't find them. So that's a huge value beyond what I've ever seen historically. That most that's not usually the prudent way to acquire a business because it's very costly. Right. But with the with the shortage of people, if you have good quality people and good retention systems in place, the value of your business goes up. And I've I've seen some numbers in, in, in the Exit Planning Institute, which which you know you are. Certainly, a, a, an executive in. Um, yeah. They put us a study. The uh, what's that? The state of small business owner survey. Yeah. State of owner like readiness. Yeah. State of owner readiness. And a relatively small number of owners have gotten their business valuation done in the last twelve months. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, statistics show that less than fifteen percent have had one done in the last two years. Yeah, which is really low. So, what what do you suggest? Because that that you know, getting that done unearth some of these um, gaps that will help business owners in their strategic plan mm-hmm. for the, the subsequent twelve months, and among other things. Yeah, I, I encourage even if it's not a formal valuation. There's a lot of I'll call it more simplified valuations that can be done around estimates of value. Um, there's some valuations that we can do even through our our system as well that are much more. Uh, I'll call it basic, but at least give a baseline. Uh, and we always recommend that business owners start with that because without that, they don't really know what they're building off of or even what they're trying to improve upon. Mm-hmm. And it gives them a great starting point to develop, um, whether it be strategic growth plans, uh, expense reductions, um, to your point, you know, sifting through what products we're offering, which ones we shouldn't be offering. And really gives them that baseline and now a measuring point going forward to say, have we improved the value or have we not improved the value of the business? And so I encourage business owners, whether they're looking to sell in two years, three years, 10 years, 15 years, it doesn't matter uh, because they want to constantly be focused on increasing that value, but they've got to know what it is first. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I know that you know you, you, uh, you want to um, offer um, the you know, share the information about, you know, the training that you do and maybe two or three things that you, you know, you leave the, the audience uh, with. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think the biggest thing is for business owners, one, don't be intimidated. That's one thing um, I learned from a lot of business owners. I feel embarrassed. I don't know what to ask. I don't understand them. Uh, I encourage you to ask. Um, and whether it's our training, uh, which you can you know, go to our website, which I don't know if Nana, you're going to provide yeah, that or yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, we'll provide that. Uh, and, yeah. and be able to access that training. But I would encourage you strongly to just spend some time and, and don't feel embarrassed about asking the question. It's not your area of expertise, but it's very important that you understand it. Uh, the other is from a standpoint of growing value in your business, um, start with evaluation. Um, even if it's a simple estimate of value, there's many resources, whether it be M&A advisors, we do estimates of value, accounting firms do it. There's a lot of places to go get these done, um, but get yourself a baseline valuation. And then from that, you know, really start developing goals and action plans to start increasing the value, not only on the profit and loss statement, but intangibly improving your overall business um, because it will pay multiples literally um, upon the sale. What pain, final question, what pain point have you seen that, you know, come out of business owners who don't have the right financial acumen that they need to manage their business, you know, accurately? Uh, the, the biggest pain point I find is when, as, as all business cycles happen, they're up and down. When they don't understand the financials of their business, they do not, they're not proactive in planning for a, a downturn or a slowdown. And the impacts can be catastrophic, both on um, the cash flow of the business, but even more importantly, the, the, their employees, because they all of a sudden have to do drastic cuts or drastic, drastic changes when they're not looking ahead. Or on the flip side, when they're growing so rapidly, they have not planned adequately for resources and capacity planning. So when they don't understand their financials, they are reactive to everything. And, and that's a real that's a real detriment to them and their business and honestly impacts really everything from their customers, their suppliers, and their employees. Okay, great. Um, so if folks want to get in, you know, follow your work, or, you know, when, uh, yeah. how do they get in contact with you or, or follow your, you know, your work on social media? Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely. Well, on our definitely go to our website. We've got lots of information and blog posts as well as uh, updated um, uh, trainings that we've got. And that's at www.journeyconsult.com. Um, and you can sign up for our blogs and newsletters uh, as well. Um, plus also follow us on, on uh, LinkedIn. We are not on Facebook, but we are on LinkedIn um, under journeyconsult.com as well. Journeyconsulting, I'm sorry.com. Um, and, or they can reach me directly as well. Um, and, um, you know, either through email or call our office um, at 920-770-4141 or J McQuillan, M-C-Q-U-I-L-L-A-N at journeyconsult.com. That's great. We certainly appreciate your time that you spent with us sharing your knowledge. That's a, that's a very, so very important topic uh, because finance is the lifeblood of any business. So, uh, having that skill set is, is certainly uh, very important. Um, so I invite our audience to uh, go on our, uh, the show's uh, Build Value by Choice uh, Facebook community page and leave a comment or a question, or you can go on the uh, show's website, infhorizons.com slash podcast. Until next week, thank you for your time. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.